to the Vinyl Crawl, your bi-weekly podcast about beer and vinyl. I'm your host, Alan Miller, and joined today, I have a special guest. It is uh, Chris Lantinen from Modern Vinyl, who is the mm. owner of the site that brings you the Vinyl Crawl. <laughs> Welcome. I, d- I do own the site. We're <laughs> in my, uh, we are in my record room, yep. slash office. So I don't know, maybe we'll look through my records here in a second. It's a pretty. Uh, you you said it was an okay collection. It's a, so. yeah, it's a solid collection. Okay, that makes me feel a lot better because I feel like if most people that um, that read Modern Vinyl actually saw my collection, they would be thoroughly disappointed. Is that something that worries you quite a bit? <laughs> yeah, like whether, a, a like, little bit. Like I I know that all of our collectors of the month have a bigger collection than me. I would, yeah, I would never be our collector of the month. Well, you know, for my own site, you know. Well, it could be. You know, there's always the quality versus quantity debate, too. I do. That's, yeah, like, the, you see the shelves over there? Yeah. I don't overfill them. No, I feel like you know every one of those records. I like, know every one of those records, and if I fill one, I take another one out, and I give it away, or uh, whatever. Oh, no, that's... Yeah. So, I want to have a finely curated collection of however many I have. It, I mean, and that's it, not to say it's small. Like, people are probably thinking I have, like, 10 records. No, no, you've got... I've got, got quite a, I've got quite got a, a good, few. Yeah, yeah you've got I've got quite a few, but I don't have, like, a thousand. You could DJ on a weekend if you need if you need. I could. To. It'd, be, it'd be emo night. Yeah, well... <laughs> it'd be one of the many cities emo nights that they hold. Do they do... I guess they do. They probably do emo, emo nights here, right? That's a... No, they don't do it here. No, they We're don't. too small. Okay. Um, Erie does not do it. I would probably say the closest one is Cleveland. Hmm. They do one at like a barcade. Like, I can't remember what it's called, but it's some... Do they honest to God do an emo night? Yeah, some cutesy wow. name. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I think the um, the f- former, formerly of AP and formerly of Substream, Scott Heisel runs it. Yeah. Mm, or he DJs it. He DJs it. Yeah. Say no more. All yeah. right. So the beer we are drinking, yes. this is our second beer of the night because we went to... Um, Thank you, thank you for the meal and the beer earlier. You paid for my beer. That was very nice of you. I really appreciate that. We're traveling through. We're heading to a Patriots game, so we're just traveling (sighs) through. Yeah, you recall in horror there, but we're traveling through uh, Pennsylvania right now. So, Mm -hmm. uh, because as most of the listeners know, I'm from Kentucky, so it's a little bit of a hike to get up here. But um, the beer we're drinking right now is a Evil Twin Brewing Imperial Biscotti Break. Natalie, pretty pleased with a cherry on top, Imperial <laughs> Porter. It just keeps going. It's really intense. Let me let me see that bottle for a second. I can taste the cherry on top. You see, this is the questions I'm going to ask you. Okay, let's go. How how do you judge beer, and what is an IPA, and what is what are the, what are the terms? Well, the I I, I drink beer. I don't know anything right. about it. I don't know what a biscotti break is or right. an imperial, so you have to kind of fill me in on. Well, what, so this what is some a stout. Is. This is a stout. This not. This is okay. an IPA. <laughs> okay. So that's. that's a it's good actually start. A, it's a porter instead of a stout. I'm sorry, okay. it's a porter, which is I think is a little bit darker than a stout. But right. um, this is a really strange beer that I've had the imperial biscotti break in the past, but I've never had this variation of it. It's a very sweet finishing mm. beer. Like you get a lot of sugar on the finish. Um, it's kind of meant to be that way. Yeah. It's also got a lot of alcohol in it. It's a, it's 11 and a half percent. I'm scared of this. It's a pretty heavy beer. I'm scared of drinking this and then um, recording 30 minutes after I'm you know, done they, drinking. Their write up on here. It says that, um, it's good for those, uh, those holidays where you're having to hang out with family members. You don't necessarily want to hang out with. 
That's kind of okay. what it's known for. They do these. This Imperial Biscotti break is a, a common holiday beer. A lot of people mm. get these and share them with family stuff. Okay. It's, and we're just sharing it between two people. Of course, yeah, because yeah. it's, it's a pint and six ounces, so it's a good mm. size bottle of beer. Um, yeah, I'm a little afraid of the last half hour of this podcast. Well, we'll, because, see. we'll uh, see how it goes. We, we do have like a missing episode in the Modern Vinyl Podcast run. It's episode number 45. It's mostly missing because I was toasted. Yeah. And I don't say things I regret, but you can definitely tell I'm toasted and it's a little embarrassing. So I'm hoping to stay like on an even plane, but this is the vinyl crawl. So I should be. Let me ask you this. Do you still have that episode? Oh, very much so. Okay. It's going to be unleashed at the most inopportune times. (laughs) So who's on there with you? Who who is James? James Cassar. Yeah. Michael S. Wallace. It was recorded in New York City. Oh, okay. On hotel beds. Speaking of our uh, upcoming death cab and uh, Megan Moore. So all four of us. Oh, Megan was on there too. All four of us drinking. And yeah, I, it's pretty, I think topic wise, it's very, very random. But there was um, Jack Daniels involved. Was everybody trashed? Was it like a uh, most, mostly, mostly just me. Oh, okay. Well, uh, James was underage, so he didn't have one sip of alcohol. Right. That's uh, our maybe. story. And uh, maybe mostly me and Mike. The other wow. two are pretty well, pretty well handled. You, they, they can you and Mike themselves. are a couple wild guys, anyways. You got to oh, be careful around oh, you two. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Mike, time. he's got that California blood in him, so yeah, the liquor just him. runs right through his system. <laughs> California people can't get drunk; <laughs> it's impossible. Well, hopefully, one day we'll hear that. Uh, we'll hear that podcast. We'll get unearthed. We'll see. Maybe like when I'm not in a public position. We'll see. So what what's your what's your opinion on this? How do you how do you feel about this biscotti break? I really like it. Like I'm not. I didn't drink anything like all through high school, so I had a very late start on any of this stuff. And I didn't drink much of college at all. Like I, I didn't really drink until I was 21. So I stayed pretty much above the law. Um, Beer-wise, I don't like anything too bitter. We've talked about this in the past. Yeah, I don't like anything have, yeah. too bitter. It's too... It just... I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't taste good to me. It doesn't, it doesn't seem enjoyable, I guess. This, this is enjoyable. I don't, I don't find many beers that I actually truly enjoy. But this, There's uh, not this much is, of a bitter finish on this. this it's more is, of a coffee finish. This is sweet enough that I can handle it. And I've, I've recently got more into coffee. So I think yeah. that helps in my transition to beer. Do you get so. the? Do you taste the, the coffee and the kind of smokiness on the end of it? Um, I more so smell the coffee. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't really taste it. It more so just tastes like beer. Do you get the beer cherry with, in it? it? It tastes like beer with a very, very sweet finish. Yeah, okay. So... But I do, I smell the coffee. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. If it was like a, um, some kind of a cherry coffee, I think that's, do they, do they have cherry coffee? I don't coffee? know. I don't know. There might. <laughs> I think I just made that up. There might but, be like uh, a mocha beer or something with a cherry on it or something like that. But in terms of an amateur like me, my diagnosis is it's very sweet. It smells like coffee. And those are two ingredients as to me actually liking, liking a beer. Right. So it has to be really sweet well, for something, me to like it. Something we don't normally talk about, but I'm kind okay. of curious with you is okay. this bottle was, I think, around 16 bucks. Okay. Does that, <laughs> for value, does it taste like it's worth 16 mm. bucks? I don't mind spending money, so I think, yeah, I would buy that for $16. I think... Uh, I mean, we're talking about a pint and six ounces. It's a large bottle. Yeah, yeah, it's a large bottle. It's a high alcohol content. I, I think it would be worth it. I also think that... Uh, if you're going to go and get a craft beer anyways, you're going to pay five, six dollars for True. a beer. So that looks like it's like two beers. Yeah. I would assume. So yeah, around 12 to 15 bucks. 
with the cool packaging. Yeah, I mean the label's great. Everything's. I did say this is like a limited release that probably plays into a little I'm bit. S- I'm starting to get the burps a little. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, You'll get it from this. No, okay. it's it's all good. Um, and yeah, this is this is bottled in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, because I don't think mm. you guys get this up here. I don't think so. What's the actual brand? Evil Twin. Mm, I've never seen it before. Yeah, evil. it seems like something that came from the south. <laughs> which means that it's obviously moonshine yeah it's obviously mm. got liquor in it but mm. evil twin is a really popular company that we get a lot of beer from mm. i know most of the beer stores back home carry evil twin do you it's... drink do you drink moonshine i have i was um, i was offered it a couple of days ago and i was a little scared should i be scared was it just straight moonshine or no like... i think it was amateur moonshine but like in terms well, of like amateur... the power of it well okay so it was it wasn't like i wasn't gonna drink it and like my yeah. eyes were gonna turn to x's you're right yeah you know how like cartoons yeah, like... turn to x's it was that wasn't gonna happen or like what's the cartoon with the bird drinky crow is that the... <laughs> yeah yeah you're not yeah. gonna go into that but no i wasn't gonna do that um moonshine is one of those things where it's kind of become uh, pop culture thing now mm. so like there's all these companies that make moonshine and sell it like right but that's not store. real moonshine right you need something from a mason jar from someone's backyard if that's you a, if you buy it in brooklyn you're probably not getting like real moonshine it's, it's very <laughs> yeah it's very true okay but the new thing is instead of moonshine people make this thing called apple pie mm. where they just basically take spirits like everclear or whatever yeah and distill it and make it well they don't distill it but they take it and like flavor it like apple pie mm. But to the point to where, like, you'll just keep drinking it and not realize kinda just like this. how. Yeah, kind of like this. Worse. Way worse <laughs> than this. Way, way worse than it has, this. Does it have any, like, alco- does it have any alcoholic taste? Or you, no. It's, no. Just, it's just like juice. Yeah. It's just like, mm. it's just The like most your, dangerous kind. It, absolutely terrible, the, yeah. The top, the top ranking of most dangerous kinds of alcohol. One, <laughs> juice. Two, anything with milk in it. Oh, yeah. That's like, never good. Anytime I mix milk Dairy. in any of my drinks. Yeah. It's the worst fucking. Who thing thought ever. like, hey, let's put dairy in this alcohol? Yeah, like I pound three beers and then I'm gonna have a, a white Russian. <laughs> like that's you <laughs> might as well fucking plant my uh, my tombstone in the yard because that's where I'm gonna be the next day. Just call the law. Go mm, ahead and call no, them. No, everything is going to come out of my system that next day. Yeah, you're you're right. That's so the the apple pie moonshine, which is what they call it, okay. is probably somewhere below milk. It's not as bad as milk. Hmm. But yet you're gonna feel really bad the next day and have a really bad headache. I hope I feel okay. We're not drinking that, so we're good. No, I no. think you'll feel fine from this. Okay, cool. We've, only... we've also got that Game of Thrones beer in my fridge that I told you about. Oh yeah, uh, we won't crack that open yet. No, but... no, we're we're gonna just stick with this. Cause <laughs> we, we have we have a Game of Thrones brand L in my fridge. Is it from uh, Amagang Brewery? Is that right? I have no idea. I think I just bought it because it had Game of Thrones. Yeah, on it. well, no, that's <laughs> I a good bought it for my bachelor it. party. We never drank it. So it's still sitting there. So earlier in the night, we went to mm-hmm. Voodoo yes. Brewing. And I have some of the beers here, but I don't know. I can't remember which one I actually I drank. had the good times. You had good vibes. Or good vibes, yeah. yeah it was an is, IPA. This is an IPA, and it says... This is around 7%. Uh, hopped five times in the kettle and double dry hopped to produce bodacious, dank fruit notes. Dank fruit. We use gnarly amounts of Galaxy, Amarillo, Mosaic, and Apollo... In this West Coast style IPA. Yeah. 7.3%. Yeah. I'm going to say that I don't get hardly any of that when I drink it. Maybe I just had like 
a bad drink tonight mm. or something, but it was pretty pretty normal. It was a pretty normal IPA. I didn't taste anything too extraordinary with it. Did I have I had Love Child. You did. So uh, this was a Grand Melt, a Belgian style triple, right? Yeah. Aged for three months on Michigan sour cherries, Oregon raspberries, and passion fruit, nine point five percent. Oh Jesus. That that's my kind no of drink. No wonder you had a buzz walking back to the house. <laughs> that's my kind of drink. One beer. You know, I'm a little cheap, so one beer yeah. does does the deed and a lot of fruit. So Did you taste the fruit when you were drinking? I it? did, yeah. It was it was sweet like this. Not not as sweet, obviously, but yeah. it you know, it had that touch that makes it um drinkable for yeah. me, I guess. No, the biscotti break to me is like candy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very sweet. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it barely tastes like beer. And that's that's kind of the point. That's that's the danger. That's what I kind of dig about it and don't like mm. about it. Is... I could put this in like my dog's bowl, and I think she would. <laughs> she might drink it. <laughs> not that uh, not that we give her juice or anything. Yeah, but, not uh, that not that you feed her beer. She might like it. Time. I don't know. I mean, she's a little nutty. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. She's mm-hmm. been running around crazy all night. I don't know exactly what you're feeding that dog. Cocaine, just straight cocaine, just straight uncut. <laughs> right, cocaine. right in the bowl. Yeah, so whatever. I think that's all we had, right? That is, yeah, that's all we had. There was a wine, but I don't, I don't remember what it was. No, I don't I, think some kind of wolf wine. Yeah, wolf, it, it, wolf had, it had wolf in the title. Okay, fair so. enough. So the album we're going to talk about yes. to go with the podcast, kind of, the yeah, beer, kind of talk about it, yeah, is uh, the Death Cab for Cutie 2014 RSD release. Yes, Death Cab featuring Magic. Magic. Magic Magic Orchestra? Do they go by Magic Magic? Yep. Death Cab for Cutie featuring Magic Magic Orchestra live 2012. So this is off their, this is out of their 2012 tour where they brought the, um, the string orchestra with them. And it starts with an overture, but then you get songs like Side A has movie script ending, Stay Young Go Dancing. So I believe this was right after Codes and Keys because we also get Codes and Keys yeah. And we also get, I'm not going to say any more titles because I don't know if they're on Codes and Keys. So. No, I think you're right. I think this is coming after Codes and Keys. Well, it definitely is. I think those are the only two off of it, though. Oh, okay. There's also... There's a lot of plans songs on there. Yeah, you get a lot of plans. You get. Um, you also get Transatlanticism to close it out. Yeah. You get What Sarah Said. You get Grapevine Fires, which was... That was Narrow Stairs. Narrow Stairs. Underneath the Sycamore, that that was a Codes and Keys song. And you get Little Furry Bugs. Which one was that I off of? I have no idea. I'm not super familiar with early, early Death Cab, and that probably makes me a bad fan. But I'm not really that interested in early, early Well, we've <laughs> talked about that, too, like, between the two of us about, yeah. you know, the people that like to hate on you because you just come into Death Cab during Plans. Yeah. But let's be honest, they were an underground band before Plans. That was the mainstream introduction, so... It was. If I'm not, like, from Seattle, or if... If I'm not in the scene, yeah. which as a high schooler, 15 years old, I was not, then why am I listening to Transatlanticism? Yeah, there's, there's I'm, no I'm reason too, to. I'm too busy listening to Fall Out Boy. <laughs> so. <laughs> hey, man, that's you. You yeah. got to speak for you in that in that sense. So, some of the live DVDs I'll tell you about will definitely embarrass you. Not really embarrass me, but they're embarrassing. So. Well, the thing with me is I still, like you, came into them during plans. Right. But I knew of them pre-plans mm. because my wife really enjoyed them from seeing them live right on like a spur of the moment thing she caught the death and dismemberment tour mm. in saint paul and saw dismemberment plan and death cab both play together 
I didn't see them. They were like on my my bucket list of bands to see live for yeah. a very very long time, and then I finally got to see them after on the Kintsugi tour because they came to Pittsburgh. Death Cab is like a band that always seems to skip the Buffalo Cleveland <laughs> Pittsburgh triad. I don't I don't know why I don't know why their routing is so strange, but they always seem to. Is that a circuit that, that most people seem to hit? At least one of those. Yeah, at least one of them. Like we're two hours from each of those cities. And if you don't hit any of those three cities, then I feel like you're just going out of your way, yeah, not to hit one of the three like major northeast cities. So what um, what venue did you see them in? I saw them at a place called Stage AE. They have two stages: one indoor, one outdoor. Oh, okay. So the indoor, I've seen bands like Fun, and now now at and the outdoor, I've seen like like Death Cab, and uh, I think they were backed by. Right before they came to Pittsburgh, they had explosions in the sky. And then they switched to that somebody. seems like an odd pairing. Then they switched to somebody called Twin Shadow, which I wasn't hugely fond oh, of. Oh, so they were Twin fine. Shadow, yeah. Yeah, they were fine. He, he did a lot of jumps. Like, he had a, <laughs> he had a jumpsuit on. He was doing a lot of, like, physical activity. And he, yeah. He would jump high up and hit the really high symbol. Right. Because they, like, jacked the symbol way up, and he'd jump up like a basketball Was that player. when Five Seconds had gotten big, like the song Five Seconds? I've never, I don't even know if I've heard that song. No? Okay. No. <laughs> I don't know. Is that a radio song? Well, yeah, like Twin Shadow got um, got big hmm. probably 2013. Uh, I'm sure he played it, but I wasn't. I didn't know what the yeah. heck it was. Uh, I'm sure he got big on an Apple commercial or uh, something like was, that. Urban Outfitters trailer. Yeah, I heard him on Sirius XMU. Hmm. They were really pushing him at the time. We don't do Sirius in Pennsylvania. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> I just don't have it. There's no, there's no satellite reception in Pennsylvania. Uh, I have a setup where I have to plug my phone in with a USB. Oh, okay. And then I can well, play Well, that's it. fair enough. Yeah, I had Bluetooth, but it broke already. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that's all right. Yeah. So what else do we want to talk about with this record? It's a, I, can, I guess I can talk about the package. It's, it's a gatefold, and it was really hard to get. Um, that record store day, I actually had somebody... Uh, buy it for me and then i paid them back like i'm a random modern vinyl reader because like, it seems like i remember i was only getting maybe one copy in yeah i basically said like can anybody pick this up for me and somebody could and then i paid them the 30 bucks back or whatever um mastered for vinyl by bob weston uh, mastered by ed brooks live recording by will markle so uh they went through all the proper steps so it does sound really good and again it's all it's all string stuff along with the band um, big the, gatefold jacket yeah. it's nice the bits that i've heard i like the strings with it but i mm-hmm. don't feel like it adds anything like revolutionary to the um, to the songs you know i was i was looking at my old old um my old review of it back in 2014 and yeah. a- apparently i liked songs like stay young go dancing i guess that was a good one i will follow you into the dark yeah was a big one. Transatlanticism, I remember, is like a really momentous build. Like the build in Transatlanticism is much more epic with the strings attached. Yeah, I haven't heard that so, one, so I'll have to give that a listen. And that's the last song on there, so that's obviously like their finale and everything. And it looks like I also like Codes and Keys. Um, Were you a big Codes and Keys fan when that album came I out? I did, I did. I was actually going to bring up some of the albums here and some of the track listings. I actually like most Death Cab records. I even... I even like Kintsugi. Yeah. And I convinced the other guys on our podcast to maybe give it another shot. But yeah. I mean, Plans is great, obviously. Narrow Stairs, I think, gets a bum rap because of followed Plans. I, I but, tend to uh, like Narrow Stairs okay. I like Narrow Stairs. I think it's a little more experimental with the eight-minute song, the single. And uh, not that I like the single, but I, I, oh, I kind of I I like that they went for it. I actually enjoyed that song. No. I like the extended version and everything. I think 
you know it goes on forever no sunlight and kath or follow it oh yeah that really knocks it down a little bit because they're both way better songs yeah i will possess tremendous songs yeah basically the eight minute i will possess your heart is surrounded by some of the best death cab songs ever yeah so i think whenever like a big single like that is surrounded by better songs it kind of knocks it down a little bit for me so i mean i like narrow stairs and i like uh what was the last one i like i like uh codes and keys i think it's one of their lesser works though yeah i don't remember being a big fan of codes and keys like it's a lot of um it's almost like post fast postal service Mm -hmm. um like bases and then of course like the standard death cab drums and guitar and all that stuff but it starts from a very I remember it starts from a very electronic place, except for like yeah. the title track, and like "You Are a Tourist" is very electronic in nature. "Home Is a Fire," I remember, is a little electronic, and then like the bigger songs like "Stay Young, Go Dancing." That's like a basically a, a standard, um, memorable Death Cab song, in that it kind of takes uh, the feeling of nostalgia, wraps it up in a poppy package, and then ships it out. For the masses, yeah, so. <laughs> which is what they kind of yeah. what they do now. That's what they do mostly. Um, so this this Magic Orchestra album from 2012, it, yeah, is it um, or the live 2012? Is it hard to find now? Is it expensive? Yeah, I, I don't think you can find it. I mean, I don't think Barsuk. Um, excuse my typing, but I don't. I don't think Barsuk uh, put it out again. I think it was. It was just, just like a one and yeah, done. Yeah, it was just a record store day thing. What we're gonna do is we're gonna look up on Pop Spike here. <laughs> A tool, a, a tool that I use for secondary market stuff, and see what we got. It looks like people are most of the Death Cab records are just they're back in rotation. Yeah. But if you go to Magic Magic Orchestra, you're doing sixty-eight. Damn, says. yeah, seventy. So that's probably one of the more expensive Death Cab albums. Then yeah, the rest are twenty. You know, the rest have all been reissued in recent years. Yeah, um, here's another one fifty-seven. 88 yeah actually i bought a a copy of that uh reissue of transatlanticism i need that back in uh, august of this year it went for 100 so yeah it's it's 70 again so it's going you've got gold chris 70 to 100 i'm gonna flip it right now (laughs) let's do it right i don't give a shit let's pause this podcast and make some money what people don't know is that i flip all my records that's why that's why i have such a small collection as soon as i buy them right out the door I think that we should start another podcast where we do like uh, Pawn Stars and we go to people's mm. houses mm. and we look through their record collection and I'll give you five dollars for this. Turn around, sell it for a hundred. And on the podcast, like right then, right after mm. we hand the money to them, we look it up on Pop Site, <laughs> see what it's going for, throw it on Discogs, and see what we get. I really think the um, what are those guys? What's that show again? Wait, Pawn Stars? No, not Pawn Stars. What's the one where they go to people's garages? And they like dig through oh, their shit, d- yeah. And they're um, like, "Oh, I'll take this for ten dollars," and then they turn around and sell it for like a oh, thousand. Jesus. American pickers. pickers, yeah. American pickers. I, I think those guys are fucking assholes. Like they don't. I, I thought that like they're already making a lot of money with the show, with the ratings, with the ads. Do they need to steal people's stuff and sell it? Can't I don't they know. just like help them sell it? But have you seen the people they're buying it from? Some of those people really need to let go of some shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, but they could definitely use some more money. Yeah, more that's, so that's than true. More so than the people on that's TV true. could. I always thought it was like kind of a scam. Like my dad used to watch and I'd be like, these guys are kind of jerks. <laughs> like, <laughs> I should probably give them more money. 
like, that they know how much this is worth. Even like Guy Fieri, who we were talking about earlier for yeah. some reason, he goes around to these stores or these restaurants and he's basically promoting them. Yeah. Like he's helping them. Like I'll go to a restaurant on this show because of that. I'm not going to go to this person's garage. The people on the show get nothing out of people digging through their garage and selling their shit for more. Do you see what I'm saying? I do. Like what's the win for the people that get the stuff taken from them? Just the the money that they give them. Yeah, that I mean is they get that, less that quick, than the value. Quick cash, I guess. Fuck them. I tell you Fuck what. Here's, okay, so here's They're what we do. Fucking liars. We start a podcast where we hang out at a record shop, and when people bring their records in okay. to sell them, and the guy behind the counter gives them his number, like I'll give you a hundred and ten dollars for it. We jump in there and say, we jump that's in and go, worth whoa, more. whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> That miles is worth 110 by itself. Or we just follow the American pickers around and like just jump in there at random times and say, don't do that. Or, <laughs> really like, who are too. you guys? Or we see what the guy's going to offer them. We jump it up by 20 bucks and then we take the haul oh ourselves. And then we sell it. And then we <laughs> and then really we sell this shit we out rip off it. those poor country folk. Amazing. Those fuckers. <laughs> have, so, have they ever picked records on there? I don't think so. They're like, so. oh, you got a white album, white vinyl in your yeah. garage. I'll take this for no, 10 cents. Here's, Sold, here's how Here's how the record game goes with older folks. Let me mm. let me just lay this out here for okay. you. They basically have every Elvis record, and yes. they think every one is worth $100 a piece. Okay. That is the old person record game right now. Okay. I went to a yard sale over the weekend, over last weekend. And the guy had six bins of records sitting out. And he's like, ah, now I got some real good Elvis and Beatles in these two bins over here. And he's like, really Def- want me to Definitely some them. name value there. Yeah. So I start flipping through and it's like, you know, Paul McCartney and Wings and shit like that. That's he's not got Beatles. marked at like 20, 25 You bucks. should have threw him up against the wall by the neck. <laughs> just, that's not Beatles, each, sucker. Each at the time and just keep throwing each record <laughs> behind my back. You but should no. have been throwing them in the street. No, I, I say, okay, that's great. You know, I'm playing the game, whatever. I'm looking through his records. I go to the next bin that he's got marked $2 each record. I find a promo copy of the Kinks Lost album. Okay. Which is like one that came out early 70s, super duper rare, promo copy. So white label promo copy. Okay. I pay $2. It's worth around 40 to 50 Okay. So that's, that's fun. Hmm. Now, if we could have a podcast about doing stuff like that. Okay. It would have been way funnier if you like dug through his collection and it was all like really a rare emo record. <laughs> like I found a this old man original press Deja Antandu. Yeah, I found the Mark the the Mission whatever that death that dashboard record is <laughs> pristine. Dude had it's great Jimmy, taste. What's that early Jimmy emo. Eat World? So much promise ring. The Jimmy Eat World album, <laughs> the early one. Oh, uh, Clarity. Clarity. Yeah. Found Clarity. Holy shit. Two dollars. Two dollars. Guy was just giving away emo. He must have had some really. It sad was VG plus plus. Plus, so many VGs. Almost near mint. What does VG mean? <laughs> Very good. Oh, <laughs> That's what I thought. <sighs> it was VG with three pluses. People are going to Normally think, it only goes up to two, but this, this one was almost near mint. This guy runs a final site. He doesn't know what VG uh, okay. means. Sorry, I don't sell my records. Like yeah, no, you pricks. keep your records. You I have do. a finely manicured collection. I have sold one record in my life. It was. Is this serious? <laughs> yes. I, I sold one record in my life. It was a Blink 182 record. This is the scenario. I think I can already tell you you made the right choice. Take off your pants. Oh, hold on. Take off your pants and jacket. It was a tri-color, like the wheel type of thing. And I sold it for 50, excuse me, 80, so I could buy the deluxe edition of Take Off Your Pants and Jacket with the three seven inches. 
which you can see one of them hanging on the wall there, for fifty. So I may only made thirty dollars on the deal, but I sold a take off your pants and jacket to get another one. What is it about that album? Explain it to me. <laughs> I don't know. There's so it's many just, people that love it. It's just what pop music. It? It's just pop music. I mean, I remember the album when it came out. Like uh, people make was... the mistake of thinking like they're a rock band or pop punk is something to be taken seriously, but it's really just low budget pop music. Yeah. It has hooks. And if people can't get over that, then that's their problem. But, but why it's just did, fun. Why did Blink become like Oh, uh, they write really great singles like Feeling This and um Rock Show and they wrote they wrote really good singles that people could sing along to at Warp Tour and they lived off that crowd there for it is. many, many, many years. That people could sing along to at Warp Tour. There that that makes perfect sense. I'm pretty sure Rock Show has the phrase Warp Tour in it. Does it really? I think he meets the girl at Warp Tour. That's that's double dipping a little bit. He should have somebody should have called him out for yeah, that. Yeah, but one. when they played that at Warp Tour, oh my god. <laughs> it was so amazing. All the girls that he met at Warp Tour. Uh, I don't I it. don't think they played it at the I don't think they played Warp Tour after that record. So uh, Well, I'm no. glad we can both agree on Death Cab. Death instead Cab of, is good. Instead of Blink. We can't agree on Blink, but I'm glad we can both agree on Death, Death Cab. Death Cab is good and I'm waiting for them to hit their arcade fire moment. Where people turn on them because they're too good, like Arcade. Has Arcade Fire had that moment? Ref- people fucking hate it. Reflector. <sighs> like every like cool punk blogger was like, "Fuck Arcade Fire." <laughs> well, that's just because they didn't understand Reflector. Like they're not at the point of Radiohead where you can do anything and still get respect. To like, I-, I liked Reflector. I think Reflector was one that they people turned on them on. Reflector's a lot of fun. There's a lot of fun to be had in that album. I know. I was listening to it today. Um. It's not, it's not my problem. You know, we talked about, it's exactly right. You know, we <laughs> talked about that Bon Iver album mm-hmm. the other day on Modern Vinyl Podcast. This might be Bon Iver's moment. Do you think this is going to be the moment where they turn so. on <laughs> Well, but he did, he was number two on Billboard. Yeah. But Arcade Fire was probably number two or three or one. True. You know, driving up here, I let Amanda hear it for the first time, the Bon Iver album. Mm-hmm. Because we had like a lull driving through Ohio, that's the perfect time to listen to Bon Iver when you're driving through this you desolate drive, piece of shit. Drive off the road a couple of times. Yeah, exactly. Like mm-hmm. it's this, you know, desolate, flat, shitty mm-hmm. drive. Yes. So uh, sorry to anyone that lives in Ohio and enjoys it. I don't Fuck understand Ohio. how you could. I think there's a there's a reason that Maynard from Tool wrote that one lyric, the "Under a Dead Ohio Sky" on one of his songs. Uh, but anyhow, you're making fun of Blink One Eighty Two, and you just referenced a Tool lyric, so we're fair e- enough. We're equal now. Fair enough. I have to like Tool. I, I guess this is where we're gonna have to diverge. We're gonna have to get on two different. What, what's the most popular Tool song? Ah, uh, shit. Uh, probably "Prison Sex" hmm. or "Sober." "Sober" is the most popular one. I have to remember if I've actually heard that song. Sober, yeah, probably. I've probably heard it on the radio. You probably have. One hundred three point three, The Edge in Buffalo. Everybody's heard a Tool song. Yeah. But uh, we were listening to Bon Iver, back to that one. We were listening to Bon Iver coming up here. And Amanda, on the first, like on, on Over Now? Yes. Or Over Soon? Is it Over Soon? Uh, yeah. Over Soon, yeah. That one, uh, Death Breast. That, the first, <laughs> like, the first three tracks, right? She's like, nah. Death Breast nah. is a lot to take. She's like, nah. I'm not. Yeah. And as soon as we got to God, is that the... Is that when it starts easing back into Bonavera territory? It's like uh, Stratford. Stratford. Stratford yeah. was it. She yeah. was like, yeah, I'm back in. This is amazing. Yeah. This is an amazing album. And then from there on, she was in. Hmm. But you, I, I think when you're saying they might turn on them on this one, I think it's because of that reason. Those The tracks that he chose to release yeah. first. Singles, yeah. Those are tough. Mm-hmm. Those are tough for Bonavera fans. He probably should have released Stratford, but he doesn't give a fuck, and that's what makes him cool for us. And uh, there's yeah. no skinny love there. Mm-mm. 
So did you want to know about my live DVD history? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so this it. is like your live season. And yeah. I do have live records. Like I got Death Cab here with us, but uh, mostly when I grew up, I lived on live DVDs. And uh, the reason was I didn't really go to a concert until the American Idiot Tour Green Day. That was my first concert, and Jimmy Eat World opened uh, their touring off Futures, so that would have been... I don't know, when was 2005? The, 2005, yeah. So I didn't start going to concerts until 2005. That was my junior year of high school. Wow. So before that, when there was all these shows that I couldn't see or bands that weren't coming through, I would buy the live DVDs. So like, I'd watch New Fong Glory's live DVD over and over and over again. The one yeah. where, uh, the one that were there in London and the power goes out. Mm. I would, uh, <laughs> I really got that comes. I would watch the Hello Goodbye DVD. Mm. Have you ever listened to Hello Goodbye? I know of them. They I would have this really. electronic show where like guys came out and danced in like hot dog suits and shit. Mm, okay. And so I'd watch that. Uh, I had a Jimmy Eat World DVD. I had a Motion City Soundtrack Commit This to Memory DVD. Wow. I had a lot of like live set DVDs. I don't know if people had those besides me. I No. It's a it's a good fair point. <laughs> I had I, a, I had a Jack's Mannequin DVD. I had um, Yellow Card, Yellow Card on Ocean Avenue, like that big song. I had mm-hmm. that DVD. I would watch performances more so than go to shows. I'm still I'm waiting for you to name one where I can be like, oh yeah, that one was great. You're, not, you're not. Oh no, I had um, a big one. I had was uh, Green Day. They did Bold in the Bible. Okay, and they it was like a re-release off of American Idiot, and it was that live, that live, that live tour of American Idiot. So I went and saw that show, and then I bought the DVD, and loved it. Did you ever CD, go back DVD any combo. further than like what was current at the time? Oh God, no, no, no. <laughs> That's stupid, right? Dad I was Rock? watching. I was watching a lot of TRL. Oh, okay. So like that was what I was waiting for. Like when a band broke through there, like Hoobastank. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I'd be like, I got to go get that Hoobastank CD. <laughs> get that Hoobastank, man. I'm going to get it. If they had a live DVD, I'm buying that. I mean, they, they just... Unfortunately, they did not. They just want you to know. That's the that's the thing. Like, Actually, this was the record before. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you're... <laughs> the, re- the reason they were, they were dead at that point. I'm, not... I'm talking Crawling in the Dark. Um, I'm talking... Oh, let's look it if up If you here. liked Hoobastank, did you like 311? Fuck yeah. Okay, because I, I was going to say, like, Hoobastank was, like, 311. Yeah, I like, th- I like 311. I like Down. Um, I like Creatures. I liked all the sounds. Oh, right. So, like, the later 2000s, 311. Uh, yeah. Uh, Remember Me was the Hoobastank song okay. I was trying to think of. And Running Away. Uh, those are the first three. Yeah, I like 311. Uh, I don't think I had any of their records. I just like the singles. Because I'm a LimeWire kid, you know? <laughs> You're downloading single songs and putting them on a mixtape. Like, oh, you mean you're downloading viruses and putting them on a mixtape? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> uh, and I, I had a Windows that was like a hub for oh, viruses. Man. So, yeah, I'm, Just... sure, I'm sure I got a few viruses here and there, but that's okay. Was I, it, I, was I also it got down it? <laughs> and fell in love with a girl on a CD. So. Was it worth it for the Hoobastank? That's my question. Was the viruses worth it? Oh, to no, get those... I bought that CD, so I didn't have oh, to worry about that. I apologize. Yeah, I bought, I bought Hoobastank CD. It's still in my collection at home, <laughs> along with... My most embarrassing musical own is Creed. Oh, that's not uh, embarrassing at all. Human Clay. Mm. The one with all the big songs. That's on still not embarrassing because I'm going to be the first to tell you that at that time, hmm. Creed were 
top shelf shit, man. Like they were running the world. This is pre Nickelback and all that sort of who, thing. Who who is gonna reissue the Creed albums on vinyl? Like who will, who will do that and get like the ultimate shit? Oh, will it's it, gonna be. Will it be SRC vinyl? No, 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 God, no. It's gonna be one of the big guys because they're the ones mm. that release the bullshit. Mm. It's gonna be Warner. It's gonna be A and M. It's gonna be some kind of like big. Maybe that's their Black Friday release this oh, year. Jesus Creed. Christ! You know everybody will complain about it, but then they'll be like, I'm gonna pick up. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna get, I'm gonna get that don't tell anybody yeah. they'll be like hiding it under they'll like flip it over and just yeah. have the barcode on they'll like sandwich it between scan, two albums scan it please I would think they would release and this is just me for probably my age but I would think they would, re- would release the first Creed album before Human Clay was, the one had my own prison oh, was, was Alter Bridge like Creed without the lead singer it basically like a yes. guy that sounded was, like him oh, jesus i'm gonna have to tell all this because i know it but it's <laughs> mark tremonti was a guitar player from creed yes he turned into like big shit when he was in creed because he got on all the guitar magazines and stuff like that i'm not sure Naturally. exactly why great riffs <laughs> great the greatest heavy riffs love his riffs but then when you know scott stapp lost his fucking mind right tremonti broke off and started alter bridge I don't know if the other guys in Creed are in Alter Bridge. And then so he I brought can't. the other guy along that sounds just like Scott Stapp. Yeah. And what, Miles, was, what, was Miles, the, uh, what was the big Alter Bridge song that like when they first started? Oh, man. Because that was a TRL one. Don't was worry. Was it a TRL song, the yeah, Alter Bridge? Yeah, it most definitely was. I remember it. Another big uh, TRL song was Sum 41's uh, Fat Lip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, there's Jesus. a Dashboard Confessional album that is close enough that they're showing me this. What was the? <laughs> what was that first? Oh, One Day Remains. And that was called Open Your Eyes? Possibly. All right, let's try it. I, you know, I wasn't... Hold on. Oh, man. I know we're going to have a copyright thing on this. Oh, fuck. That was... Yeah, I think that's it. He sounds just like Scott Stout. It's it's pretty don't terrible. Worry. We kept it to like five seconds. Yeah. We're good. They're not going to come after us. <laughs> Mark Tremonti, don't come after Scott us. Scott Stout just dropped him from the ceiling panels. <laughs> What the fuck was that? You guys listen to Creed? I'm surprised Scott Stapp didn't <laughs> sue that guy for just straight up stealing every part of his body. Because he had long hair, too. Let, I'm surprised that Scott Stapp didn't sue the dude from Days of the New. Did you ever listen to Days of the New? Do you remember that band? Okay. No, I was too busy jamming out to 311. I got you. I got you. getting down to Creatures. <laughs> creatures was a great song. Yeah. 311 were a great band. Hoobastank was not a great Would band. Would you ever go to the 311 festival in New Orleans? They still have one? <laughs> I think so. I think it's really? called 311 Day. Like they have a 311 Day in New you're, Orleans. You're lying. I'm not you're lying. making this up. No, I'm not lying. This is like the greatest greatest joke ever. You gotta be 311 Day in New Orleans. I'm pretty sure this exists. 311 day 2016 oh info page yeah they t- they totally do it i thought i thought at one point they were doing like 24 hour concerts but <laughs> they they i guess it's just 8 30 p.m 311 showtime special evening with 311 at the smoothie king center in new orleans oh well to answer your question yes i would go to that 160 dollars for floor that's two mm, shows now i'm no. gonna have to pass on that it's gonna be a hard pass for 160 160- <laughs> I'm fly- I was thinking more like 30. I'm flying to New Orleans. Yeah. I'm getting my 311 on. I'm smoking some ganja. There you no, go. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I'm clean. Not for 311 anyways. No. no. Death cab? No. <laughs> Arcade fire, reflector only? You know, like, reflectors, that's... It's a good album for probably dabbling in some substance. I almost broke my Arcade Fire love because I listened... Excuse me. I attempted to listen to a two-hour interview with Wim Butler. 
boy. And it was from Montreal or something, some Red Bull thing. And, yeah. oh, my God, he is so <laughs> obnoxious. It's true. And just like. It's true. He's just a snob. He's like, I don't, I don't read reviews. You know, the, okay, he, buddy. He doesn't bother me like uh, the dude from Dirty Projectors bothers me though. About as mm. far as being up your own ass. No. Oh, so you haven't heard the new Dirty Projectors? Mm-mm. Okay, so yeah, they just dropped a new song too. By the Does way, does it suck? Uh, it sounds like it sucks. All right, we'll move on. <laughs> well, basically, his whole vocals—he's like sang and then pitched his vocals down. Like so two octaves. He sounds like Scott Stapp. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, he's here. That's the thing. He was trying to sound like Scott Stapp. But like, I had to stop it because uh, the only reason I was listening is because I thought there'd perhaps be some her news. And like, he'd say like, oh yeah, her's going to get released eventually. The soundtrack. Oh, the soundtrack to her. Because yeah. I've always been like obsessive about right. that being released right. on vinyl and everything. And I thought maybe he'd do that in like an hour. And I'm like, I can't fucking do this. It's too much. He's too obnoxious. I won't like them by the end of this no. pod or the end of this interview. No, I can't know that my my people are douchebags. Not that he's a douchebag, but he was just like the thing that really got me was like, <laughs> I get it, brother. Critics are lame, but he went on for like five minutes yeah, about no, how he's, he's like, read a he's read a review. Yeah, I don't read reviews. I've never read any of that stuff. Critics are just like. <laughs> All right, pal. You're. I know you're and intense the, and everything. On the flip side of that, listen to Ben Gibbard talk is amazing. From Death Cab, he's an intelligent guy. He's a runner. Is he a runner? I I, I respect that. Yeah, yeah he's a, he's like a trail runner. He does marathons and stuff. I really respected him when he started name dropping like Jesus and Mary Jane and shit mm-hmm. like that as far as their mm-hmm. influences. And he also freely fucking admits that they were ripping off Built to Spill in the beginning. He freely admits that because their early shit sounds just like Built to Spill. I like how you pulled that back around to Death Cab because I was on a whole... Right back around. No, we're getting right back a around. A whole other different I'm plane. just trying to keep Scott Stapp off her ass is what I'm trying to do because that guy needs money and I he's would been, not be he's surprised. He's been looking in our window all night, peering um, in. He is... I thought I heard with arms wide open. He's a little off. No, he, he actually heard the Alter Bridge song, but it's still similar. <laughs> that, 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 he's about to drop here. 